Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey everybody, welcome to DC Action Hour. Bam, 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 bam. All right. Oh my God. Oh my, oh, oh my God. Aaron's going crazy. Oh, all right. That's the best, best intro we've done so far, folks. I think. Anyway, everybody, welcome to the show. My name is Jeff. Super geeked up. Appreciate you tuning in to our show. We're going to talk, as always, all the DC TV shows on the CW network. So we got Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. We're going to do uh, some other uh, news in the DC universe, including the just released Justice League trailer. So we're going to talk about that later as well. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mark's Pyle. Hello, everyone. And special guest co-host tonight is Aaron Garcia. Hey. Hello. Hey, thanks for being here. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, why don't we jump right into it? So if you watch us before, folks, you know, we like to start with what's called our super tweet question, which is, is a fun question that's kind of themed to one of the shows usually. And of course, uh, we're excited that this week was the big Flash Supergirl musical crossover. So the super tweet question this week is, what two characters would you like to see do a musical duet, uh, ideally from one of those four shows, but pretty much any anywhere in the DC universe is totally fine with us. So, who, what two characters would you love to see do a musical duet? Wow, you know what? I just realized, guys, I was so uh, concentrated on getting anything else ready for the show. I never answered this question, so I'm going to start with you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, we also going to share. Uh, we, if you're watching live, folks, please share your answers. We already got some on Twitter that we're going to share uh, earlier. And uh, you can tweet us at Super Geeked Up or participate in the live chat. But why don't we go to our guest, Aaron? What would your answer to this question be? Uh, I had a couple that I really liked. Um, go for one, it. one of them was I think it'd be kind of fun to have uh, uh, what's his name, Leonard Snart and Mick perform together, doing the uh, putting on the Ritz from Young Frankenstein. <laughs> and you know, as far as since like you know, Captain Cole kind of does. His kind of Edward, you know, what's his name? The or uh, he has like that old school gangster kind of style with his voice, and then you can have, you know, with Mick always kind of sounds like Frankenstein, and he could be the one kind of going putting on the Ritz, you know, and stuff. So I think that would be one. And then the other one that I thought which might be kind of fun is um, having uh, uh, what's her name, uh, White Canary. Uh, uh, Lance, Sarah, Sarah Lance. Sarah Lance. Now that we know Maggie's sexuality it might be kind of interesting if they did a duet together to kind of cause kind of like a love triangle thing happening with like who maggie's with already and some kind of drama or something like that so marks did you did you bring that up one time about a triangle between like sarah maggie and um what's her face why can't i think of her name what's the sister's alex yeah i think i did once yeah <laughs> so i think yeah, yeah that's i think where i would go with it <laughs> Nice. All right. Uh, and I realized that love triangle is so popular. Uh, <laughs> we need like um, now you said like you know the two the, the, the names are people like Olicity. I guess we need like a, a name of all three of them together. We need to make up that would cover all three. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, uh, yeah, I know. Think think about it. Stuff. Uh, in the live chat, uh, we got Listers Man and Carrie Johnson already watching. Thank you, uh, fellas. Uh, Carrie Johnson says I could see Snart and Mick as the Blues Brothers. <laughs> that would yeah. be really good. I like that. <laughs> And then Anthony, uh, before we even went live, was already putting uh, all the lyrics in to uh, put a little love in your heart, which is one of the musical numbers from the Flash 
uh, oh. musical. <laughs> so very nice, Anthony. Uh, anyway, let me share some things that came in on Twitter to this answering this question. At Hunter's Realm, Eros Orocho said, I would go for something odd couple S, so Mick with HR. That'd be cool. Krista Jackson at Anna Cat says, I bet the Wonder Twins could manage a musical duet. While he's also an ice xylophone, she's a monkey with a mallet. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Wonder Twin powers, activate. All right. Uh, Dominic Perone says, Superman and Harley Quinn. That's quite the pairing. And our, Carrie Johnson, who's in the chat right now, had tweeted in, he, I need a Grease-inspired up with Ollie as Danny, Felicity as Sandy, and Sarah as Rizzo. Bonus with Gideon as the Teen Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Good answers, folks. What about you, Marks? Um, so I didn't think about the song choice. Uh, until I Aaron had one. You don't, you, don't, you don't need a song choice. You it's okay. I came up with it. I just did it right oh, now. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's got a it's got a theme and everything. So I had three different ones I was thinking of, and I was able to find one artist that could encompass the song choices for all three. So, so Captain Code and Heatwave was as as you said, Aaron. Yeah. And so that's going to be with Katy Perry's Hot and Cold. <laughs> <laughs> Alex and Maggie with Kitty Perry's I Kissed a Girl. And then Gorilla Grodd and Keen Shark with Kitty Perry's Roar. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's ridiculously impressive that you just came up with all that right now, too. Yeah, on the spot. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Kitty Perry with everything. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I'm a big fan of Katy Perry. I'm highly approved of that. <laughs> Katie Perry can maybe guess on our show now. That's good. Good, good, good way there to get go. her as a... <laughs> uh, All right. I don't, I'm just going to pull something on my ass, folks. Uh, I'm going to say HR, Earth 2 Harrison Wells, and Quentin Lance, just because I don't imagine any of those. Well, HR would sing, I guess, but the other people I don't really imagine singing at all, having no desire to sing those other characters. Uh, doing a rendition of Ice Ice Baby. I don't know why. <laughs> because it would be preposterous. HR's got those drumsticks, so, you know, you never know. Oh, he does. He always, uh, yeah, why, why does he actually, why does he always have those drumsticks? He never plays the drums, does he? No. I yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. I like it, it though. It's kind think. of his thing. Yeah. Maybe at some point he'll start wielding him like weapons almost and be like, shh, 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 shh. In the chat, Norbert Franz just joined us. Uh, hello, Jeff, Marks, and Aaron. Hello, sir. Uh, actually, so uh, Norbert actually is a big supporter of our shows. He watched Super Geeked Up and our uh, Dungeons and Dragons shows. Uh, but this is the first time he's watched live, I think, this show. So thank you. Well, welcome, sir. Awesome. Glad you can make it. Uh, all right, so I think that covers everybody, right? Yeah, you guys shared all the things. Again, you keep tweeting us at Super Geeked Up or uh, commenting away there in the live chat. All right, so now let's see. All right, so what we're going to do, folks, is uh, we're going to go through the different series here, and in the middle, we're going to do some news. But we're going to start with Supergirl. Yeah, so and folks, we're not going to. Um, we're actually we're gonna do Supergirl and Flash as our first two shows since they crossed over this week, and we won't make you wait till the end of the show to do to talk about the Flash musical because uh, I can't really wait because I'm excited. All right, anyway, <laughs> so let's start with Supergirl. Uh, here, you guys maybe can actually help, help me with this uh, uh, synopsis if need be because it's been a while since I, I saw it earlier in the week. Anyway, but the episode is called Star Crossed. It is the 16th episode of season two. It was written by Kitty Rose Rogers and Jessica Cardos and directed by John Medlin. So in this episode, um, uh, so there's a few, a couple things going on. First off, okay, actually, remind me. So guys, this is the episode where 
Kara actually, that's right, she meets the parents, right? We just saw yeah. the parents introduced at the end of the last episode. Okay. So actually, we didn't even know who they were. So we find out that uh, the aliens who arrive uh, from Daxon uh, are actually Monel's parents, played by Terry Hatcher and Kevin Sorbo. And uh, that he, which I, well, I think as the audience, we had pretty much already known that he was royalty of Daxon. He is the prince, but this confirmed it. Um, and then Kara finds out uh, the truth about Manel that uh, she she he had thought she was just he was a guard to the prince. Uh, so she finds out the truth about him. Uh, she has a rather awkward dinner with him and his parents on their ship, uh, and uh, so she's not too happy that he lied. She's actually very very pissed at him. Uh, which is generally what she usually is about Monel. Um, it seems like, and uh, so then, and then Monel is kind of I don't know, kind of like, oh, why did my parents come? Get out of here, guys! I want to be with Kara, and that's my interpretation of what happened. And um, while that's going on, uh, there's a B storyline with Wynn and Lyra, his alien girlfriend where she dupes him into stealing uh, a starry night. Why that's in National City Museum, I don't know. I don't think that's actually where the painting belongs, but let's just say it's there. <laughs> um, and she dupes him to that, and so she thinks she's betrayed him and conned him, but it's really to save her brother, who uh, a alien uh, kind of art dealer crook kind of guy is holding hostage. Uh, so she has to steal this in order to get her brother released and not be killed. Uh, and then Wynn winds up helping her uh, save her brother. And uh, and at the end of the episode, of course, the music meister comes in uh, basically as just a way to segue into the Flash Supergirl crossover, which we'll talk about a little later, uh, and uh, puts uh, Kara into a, like a coma type state. All right, I think that covers pretty much right, everything that happened? Yep. Yeah, miss any? Yeah. <laughs> All right, hey, cool, I remember more than I thought. All right. Let's see here. Uh, oh, by the way, the chat, Lister's made it said he thought HR carried drumsticks to pay homage to Garth Alger from Wayne's World. I don't know why. Maybe in Earth-19 it would be Garth's World. Right? <laughs> that would be funny <laughs> if that's the reason. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, Garth's World is the biggest thing on Earth-19. <laughs> Could be. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, uh, so all right, let's talk about what we thought about the Supergirl episode uh i don't know this the last couple episodes before this i really liked quite a bit i thought there's been some of the best ones they've done this one i thought took a step down uh i would tell you right now i love kevin sorbo and terry hatcher as the parents uh because i mean I, we've talked about this right it's really cool how they bring back all these actors who have been in past supergirl shows or just you know kevin sorbo i love from uh uh hercules and obviously he was he was actually in Andromeda and stuff. So it's great to see them back. I think they did, they're did they doing a really good job as the parents, as the Monel's parents. Um, my uh, my probably biggest, one of my big issues with this episode, though, is why Monel is so, doesn't give a shit about his parents and wants seemingly nothing to do with them. And I get the idea. It's like, oh, well, you're not nice. Daxon kind of enslaves people, and I don't want to be that way. But it didn't establish that the parents had done anything that evil or that Manel and them had had such a bad falling out, right? Yeah. Like, none of that was yeah. ever set forth in this episode for why I wouldn't think Man Like, if you thought your parents were dead and you're kind of like, oh, you're alive. Oh, that's nice. See you later. 
<laughs> like that's that's how I came across, and it's like that doesn't make me. I like Monel, but it doesn't make me want to like him more. Like that makes it like, yeah. dude, the guy's kind of a jerk actually for that. And I don't know that that didn't play for me at all. What did you guys think about that? No, well, I. Oh, go ahead. Well, maybe they're really not super nice, and we just haven't seen that yet. Because uh, anybody who like the dominators are all like, "You're awesome," probably aren't super great people. Because <laughs> remember, they're talking about the dominator uh, ambassador, and and that dominator, you know, bowed to him that one time on Slaver's Moon. And they thought it was cute that he was trying oh, to yeah. stop yeah. free the slaves. <laughs> yeah, they I thought. Don't know. It, yeah. No, I, for me, I, I, I kind of feel like um, I agree with you in terms of, and I've had that this problem with a lot of the characters this season, where whatever's motivating them, whatever choice they make, it always makes them feel self-centered. And I feel like with Monel, I would have been kind of like, okay, well, we need you to kind of make the society there better or get our planet kind of back, and you're one of the people that can rally everybody together. And let's say even if you were a jerk way back when. I'm not one now. I don't feel like I am one now. Let me go back. And maybe I can't. It felt more noble if he did go back and actually help his home planet. Unless there's something they haven't told us, you know, that it's like, oh, you know, his parents are really bad or something like that. And it is good that he's staying. But it feels very self-centered that he's only staying to kind of be close to Kara, even though, you know, they're having their ups and downs. It, it still feels self-centered. All right, let me share uh, some stuff in the chat here. Francis Fernandez uh, chimes in. He says, just wanted to check in because he can't stay, but he wanted to say, what's up to everyone? Whatever Mark said was right. I think he actually meant me because I was talking about it, but but Mark is, sure is always right anyway, right? So uh, <laughs> he says, Supergirl was subpar. Kevin Sorbo, Terry Hatcher, underutilized. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, yes, I, I agree. I like whenever Kevin Sorbo and Terry Hatcher on screen, like I was happy. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that, that's kind of cool that they still kind of tip the cap to some of the older stars that have had connections with all this, but yeah, it felt like it was like one scene and then that was pretty much it. You got maybe, you know, a little bit more of Terry Hatcher, but other than that, you know, you kind of w- wished it was more focused on it. Yeah. And the chat, hopefully they'll have more of them. I mm-hmm. hope I'm sure they will. They got it. Let's just make in the chat says, I thought that Monel just didn't like being a prince and his parents were pushing it too much on him. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, def- I definitely think he has no desire, right, to be prince anymore or go back there. Uh, and I do also, yes, probably their motivations were not really to make necessary Daxon better, but just to get in power again, kind of, or, mm-hmm. or build up the way it was. So, uh, yeah, a little make Daxon great again. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. Which is obviously a not not at all subtle thing about. They've done that a couple times about Trump in those in these different shows. Yeah, no, the that's I, I've heard that's like kind of for some people the the gripe that they're pretty open about you know what stance they have, and uh, you know, but uh, but no, I don't know. For some reason, it just didn't. I agree with you that it didn't ring true with the motivations or maybe it does, but it doesn't make them feel like a good guy. Cause it doesn't feel like, well, I want to stay on earth so I can, you know, fight against criminals. It still feels like he's fighting against criminals because he feels like, well, that's what Kara would want me to do and to be. And I wish it was kind of like, oh, take her out of the equation. How do I feel about that? You know, do I, I need to help people more, you know? Yeah. I don't think he's, I think he's struggling to find his identity mm-hmm. and, uh, I think this is a, a thing you see a lot in relationships, but you swap the, genre, the genders, though, where the girl is like all about, oh, I need this guy to 
find myself and stuff. And I think it's like swapped this time around, uh, <laughs> where that where Romana was like, I I come from, I'm ashamed of this. I'm trying to figure out who I am, and she's so awesome, and I want to please her and try to be like her and stuff. And that might be what you know might cause a you know lead them down different paths eventually in their lives because he finds out he needs to do something different. It could be too, yeah, like kind of making it seem where he's he's trying to figure out and make the choices and he's going through that process, you know, of like, okay, he's, you know, thinking it's because of her, but then eventually he'll find out, no, that's just, you know, what you need to do, you know, to be a hero. And I want to be a hero rather than I'm basing it all because I'm doing it for her, you know, that that's what, what my purpose is. And I think that's what kind of, that's the one negative I have with him. Like I like his character. I think he's great. He's been good for the show, but I still feel like, yeah, he hasn't quite shaken that self-centered kind of vibe about him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm cool with him uh, that he loves Kara so much, obviously, and that's so important. She's so important to him. But it seemed like in this episode, it was so it's all about Kara, and he wanted nothing to his parents. And I don't, I would have preferred seeing he wants to be with Kara. He also, ha- he'd still, even though if he doesn't agree with what his parents are doing, he still loves his parents. And I would have liked to see maybe more of a choice having him to be made between, you know what? I yeah. do actually want to help my people. I, I also love Kara. Oh shit. I have a really hard decision now I have to make that could show us more about him. Yeah. There was there's yeah. No, no option. There's no challenge for him as a character. Cause it's all about, no, I, I just want to be a Kara. Yeah. And I think that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, no, I agree. Cause I think that's the problem. I think with, with him in terms of just, I, I want him to, give me a better sense of, of, okay, the choices and the difficult choices he's making within it. And I, I really kind of, I, I don't know, it makes him look bad. And I'm not, I think for me, it's, uh, well, I'll probably have to talk later, but I'm not a big fan of Kara and Monel being together as a couple. I, I think it's, I, and I've had an issue with Kara this whole season, but uh, I just not a fan of, I like them separate, but not together. I just think yeah, there's too many things they need to figure out before they bring them back you know, as a yeah. couple. Is there someone yeah. you want to see Kara with? I, this is uh, th- my feeling with the show where I kind of, cause this season I've liked certain parts of it. And then other parts, I feel like I'm losing, I'm losing steam with it. Like I'm not as excited as I was previously. And I think what ruined me with the show was all f- the first season, they were pushing him with Jane or pushing her with yeah. James. And then when you get to the first episode of season two, you're like, well, now you're going to see if it's even going to work. And instantly, they didn't even give him a ch- even a date, really. It was kind of like, it was <laughs> yeah. like before the date, it was like, oh, I guess I don't, you know, when I was younger, I liked him. But now I'm a woman now and I, I just not, you know, and that, that bothered me. I was like, even if it didn't work out, like even if they gave it an episode or two and you realize they're better off as friends, I would have been okay with it. But the fact that they went that route, said, did a 180, and it made her look, you know, self-centered. It made her look very uh, entire, I don't know, just very, like, yeah. even with, she said it with Monel of, like, I just want someone to finally love me. And I was kind of like, you already had, like, a few other people that were interested in you, and you turned <laughs> them down. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't it, think anybody was, was happy with how they handled all that. With, yeah, you know. and I think this whole season, it's hurt me. And it's kind of affected like the way that I look at Monel and Cara together. Like I just have not been rooting for it. I, I feel like it feels like the two hot kids in in school getting together. <laughs> you know? And I just you know. let me uh, let me. There's a question in the chat uh, from Kerry Johnson. He said he had missed it. How did Daxon survive again? 
Well, so Daxon actually didn't survive, right? The planet was destroyed by, well, it's like when Krypton blew up, like I guess all the shards from that hit Daxon, right? And caused mm -hmm. that to be unha uninhabitable like, is the idea, right? Yeah. Uh, and so they, uh, they well, uh, Manel, they showed in the flashback, he, his guard put him in a pod and he escaped. And then I guess the, the, his parents had somehow had gotten to a ship and escaped before as well. I think most of, so some of that, there are Daxonites who had escaped. A lot of them, I'm sure, died, right, is how I, I interpret it. But what, the planet's still there, and now it is, they can go back and inhabit it again, right? Is that what they were saying, I think? I think so. They can rebuild. Yeah. I think they had to give it time or whatever, right? And then and now they want to go back there. Mm -hmm. I, I get the impression that, I mean, there's space, they can space travel and stuff. So there's probably a few scattered groups of people out there. Yeah, because they want to like round them back up and reunite all the Dax and Knights, right? I think that's what you call them. Yeah, that's what they want anyone else help with. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that was that part. What about uh, any thoughts about the the B storyline with Lyra and Win? Wow, really excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. I like that character, uh, Lyra, right? Lyra. 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 Yeah. Lyra. Yeah. It was kind of it was kind of uh, not super. Exciting concept but, or idea, but I liked Wayne. I like seeing more Guardian because I haven't shown him much. I hope yeah. I'd like to see a Guardian-centered episode just once. Yeah, I feel like James has just been like pushed aside this season. Yeah. I feel so yeah. bad for his character. Where I felt like this episode was a better episode for Win. Like it was one of the few where I, you kind of feel bad that like oh, he got duped, you know, and then would, but then would you say this is a win for Win? It was a win uh, for Win. Get out of here. <laughs> It might be a record for how long we call without you doing one of your puns. I know, right? <laughs> I'm glad I threw that softball. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but but yeah, no, it, I mean it was okay. I, I felt like it was an okay episode. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. But uh, but that was uh, you know when he, he definitely he made out. Oh yeah, in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, he did <laughs> in the museum. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I hope I, I was a little unclear if she's going to stick around or not, and I hope she does stick around. If she just if this is her exit, then it'll be kind of kind of. It seemed like this was her exit, which uh, was not, not done very well. But. No, that would be disappointing if that's the case. Um, but I like seeing Guardian. I like seeing him get in a fight. He's got a lot of gadgets. He's got more gadgets than Arrow. I want to see Arrow versus Guardian. Just oh. Oh, in, a in, a in a duet. In a duet. Vigilante love. <laughs> uh, in the chat, Lister's mate says, yeah, I want to have hot museum sex with an alien. <laughs> uh, who doesn't? Right? Who does not? Who doesn't? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, anything else to mention about this episode? You know, I, I did remember that um, they did mention a few episodes back just to get, I think, maybe to try to give Monel's side a little bit. They did hint a little bit that he doesn't like his parents very much because whenever Supergirl's dad came back, he was super suspicious. And she said, well, what if your dad just popped up and again? And he'd be like, I'd be like running the other way because he was not a nice guy. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Um, but the, the thing is. Oh, they, God. Uh, go ahead and, and finish your thought. Uh, I was going to say. I mean, you're right. Obviously, I mean, obviously, see, they don't portray them as bad people, though, right? They portray them as, and I, I get that some of this is a, just a front, right? That they're putting on this act like we are the royalty and we're so great and nice. And so, um, 
I mean, with a few digs at Kara and Krypton, but even those weren't that bad. They were still being more or less trying to be polite to her. Um, and I mean, to their son, they sh they didn't show anything except that they wanted him to be back, right? Um, so I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying, but uh, and I mean, this might just be they're going to reveal more stuff later, right? But right now, like, there's nothing showing that. Although I, I am interested to what Kevin Sorbo's character did at the end there. Like before he beamed Manel back, I don't know if you noticed, but he did something with the panel. Like he he made some kind of adjustments and wipes. Like I thought he was actually going to beam somewhere else back yeah, to Jackson or yeah, something. Yeah, I thought it was that, yeah that he would do that. But uh, but yeah. so I don't know if that if there was something that 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 was actually a clue, a hint of something coming up or or not. But that was I don't know. I thought something was going on there. I think something's going to happen. Something's going to go down. Um. Two more things I do want to mention, and I think I think Aaron alluded to this a little bit. One thing I've had a problem with with Supergirl this season is that she's been very like, and I'm hoping, and I think it is. I hope I think the writers know they're doing this, and they're gonna maybe touch upon it hopefully at some point. But she's been super like prideful and egotistic this whole season. Like she's yeah. all like, "I'm Supergirl," you know. Um, like I almost like what it was like <laughs> whenever they were they were uh, arguing or he was trying to say sorry and stuff. And he's like, hey, you're such a special person and you deserve better. And she's like, I know I do. You know? Oh, my and God, I was like, you oh, did oh, say oh. that. You're right. <laughs> I remember that. I was like, like ouch. What? <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping that they realize that they've been doing this and that they're going to touch upon at some point that she's overly confident and a little and overly judgmental. And they touched a little bit on occasionally, but it seems like she wasn't really like that last season, and some reason this no. season. Anyway, I, I think Aaron did touch on this, and and we have two and yeah. a half episodes. I don't like that at all, man. That's I. The thing that held me for season one was Kara, and I. Yeah. She like she, she she was a. I really liked her character, the way she was being portrayed. She was a character you could really root for, and she was adorable. Mm -hmm. And this season, while this season is better overall by far, I feel than season one. Yeah, you're right. I don't like. I don't know why they chose that with her character. Why? Like now, I'm kind of like I don't like her as anywhere near as much anymore. Yeah, no. When they've had like even the arguments between you know like the fights between Maggie and her and stuff, I tend to always I'm choosing everybody that's against her, James, and everybody who ends up kind of having a disagreement with her. She comes across very entitled and very like, and maybe that's a problem with the show, you know, because it seems like they they take a stance and there's no kind of like responsibility to it or kind of like they always seem to get their way, you know, it doesn't matter. Like if, you know, and that's what I like about some of the other shows, you know, like the flash is where they make a choice of something and it could be wrong and there's ramifications to it. And I feel like with Supergirl, there hasn't been that it's kind of, you know, like I think with one of the episodes where they were kind of saying, Maggie, you shouldn't attack or try to get your dad out of the thing. And she went and did it anyway. And it was, a oh, little Alex, bit, you mean? yeah. Or yeah. Uh, as far as, um, with Alex and, uh, it kind of made me feel a little bit like um, it, it, whatever you feel, do it, and it's going to work out, even if you're wrong. And I feel like that's how Kara's been. A lot of the characters, Monel, you know, they've all been a little. I don't know. It's it's been up and down in terms of their motivation, I guess. Yeah, I said that last time about Alex because Marsha Manhunter is like, "Oh, you're right. I'm so bad. You know, my bad." And I'm like, "No, you weren't wrong." <laughs> it's yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. That, it, that, it was kind of like he shouldn't have had to apologize. I mean, he could have apologized for doing that, but she should have apologized for doing what she did, you know. And yeah, or at least have something maybe go wrong, you know, to make it be like, "Wow, I should listen a little." Yep. Yep. Um, and one last thing that I've noticed a couple of times, I keep forgetting to mention, 
is that does she not have like a secret identity at all? Because she's like often in the uh, it's DEO, right? DEO, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, it, she's like often there, like going, "I'm Supergirl," blah blah blah, like really loud in the base. As oh no, everybody, identity. everybody in the DEO knows who she is. They all know who she is. Okay, that's that's my interpretation from how they presented it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, is that the smartest thing? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I know they're always, they don't keep very good secret identities on the shows. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing all these shows actually do. You're right. They, even on Arrow and Flash, they reveal their identities to a lot of people. Yeah. They do. I'm just waiting for Arrow's identity to go out public because they did it in the comic books. So I'm just waiting for him to do it. Oh, oh, sure yeah, I think in the comic books at one point he he told the world that he was Green Arrow. Um, All right, this so is what it says based on what you, we've been talking about. I, the whole thing makes me think they're going to break out into a haughty chorus of I've got to be me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, season. I guess I'll do it for Supergirl, right? Yep. So, uh, sorry, one thing, uh, I should, uh, Aaron, let me tell you this. We actually do ratings on all the episodes out of five, but we have certain uh, categories for each one. So for Supergirl, we do capes. So we give it a maximum of five capes. Uh, all right. So, uh, Mark, what would you give this episode of Supergirl? Um, you know, it's tough. It was a good episode. It was, it was an okay episode overall. Um, it led into the music meister, so that helps give it a boost. So I'll just give it a four. Oh, four capes more than oh, I thought oh, you were going to yeah. give it. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, how many capes would you give it? Uh, I'll you give it, halves, you and I could do halves, yeah, because I'm going to give it three and a half capes. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't up at the level where I could give it a four or five. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I think I'm going to give it three capes. Mm. Yeah. All right. Again, it was it was decent, but it wasn't the best. Yeah. <laughs> I think, right. I think I think the music meister lead in helped help me get that little extra. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I like that part. But uh, Carrie Johnson in the chat says, "Well, obviously, Kara has a super ego too. Well, this season she sure does. <laughs> you know, she needs she needs uh, she needs Clark to come in and kind of ground her. I think maybe. Yeah, put maybe her in her place. Because <laughs> he is coming back. It's been so long, man. I wish they didn't wait so long, but I know they Do are you working think him in again. Is he going to come back at the end of the season? I, well, I know this from the IMDb listings that Superman he appears again. This oh, season. okay, okay. Supposedly a few more times. I, but. Yeah, no, I mean it'd be they kind of like you know the fact that they brought him in in the beginning of the season and you know that would be it would be kind of a disappointment. Yeah, I, I heard they had to really wrangle to get make that work, and and uh, Warner Brothers is really big on limiting their access. Oh, mm -hmm. to what to using the Superman character? You mean? Yeah. yeah, Warner Brothers is always their worst enemy on this stuff. They're always putting these limits on themselves for some reason. So what? So they what you're saying like some characters they let them say like, "Hey, do whatever you want," and other ones are like, "No, no, no, you can't use this character." Yeah, I think much. it's because of the movies. It's because of the movies. They're I think they're trying not to get that's but see, but there's the flat. Obviously, the Flash is in the Justice League is going to be a movie. There's the Flash TV show. Like, yeah, they don't have a problem with that. Obviously. The Flash, I mean, The Flash is by far their most lauded TV show. But, yeah. but I think there is like kind of clamoring of people who wished it was The Flash from the TV show that's in the movie. Oh, it, it did happen, yeah. yeah. So I think they're trying to avoid that because I think, uh, especially now, I mean, the Superman from Supergirl like won so many people over that like... Oh, he's perfect. You know, depending on what happens with this next Justice League movie, you know, I don't know if more people start chiming in or if... Right. 
Henry Cavill will start winning people back, you know, if it'll be 50-50. Right. Well, the problem is they're doing a good, really good job with their TV stuff and not as good with their movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much is the actor and how much is just the weird tone they have with the, the movies. No, I, I think Henry Cavill is, is a good actor. He does a, fu- a really good job. It's The tone is off. Yeah. This, like the this tone super... is correct in the show. In Supergirl, they got the tone perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Since we talked about the music meister who uh, whammies, as, as the characters say, a car at the end of Supergirl, uh, let's move on to The Flash. Uh, so The Flash, this episode is called Duet. It is the 17th episode of season three, written by Aaron and Todd Helbing, uh, directed by Dermot Downs. So the... Um, the gang brings uh, comatose Kara to uh, Earth One, and to get help from uh, Barry and the Star Labs team. And uh, unfortunately, uh, some music meister shows up and also puts Barry into uh, a coma. And then uh, Kara and Barry find themselves in a musical, uh, which uh, and they have to basically. The music meister tells them. They basically have to follow the script of the musical and finish it to its completion in order to be woken up uh, and not die. While that's happening in the real world, the music meister is somehow siphoning their powers and getting the powers of both Supergirl and the Flash. Uh, and then the rest of the team is trying to uh, take him down, you know, while uh, Kara and Barry are out of it. And um, well, they, and they do, right? They do actually capture him, although. Not, I mean, kind of. He kind of just let him, I think, <laughs> because uh, this guy's so powerful. He basically just breaks out of the, the cell whenever he wanted to. <laughs> um, and uh, so there's a, anyway, in uh, it's kind of revealed actually that you know he was actually just trying to help them um, and help both the relationships between Kara and Manel and uh, Barry and Iris uh, because they both have obviously been in romantic troubles recently. Uh, in the obviously, there's a few different musical numbers. Uh, there's uh, a lot of fun stuff going on with the different actors playing different characters, you know, in this musical world uh, where Joe and um, Stein are the fathers of Iris and they're like gangsters. And uh, let's see. And then uh, what's uh, Merlin, right? Is Merlin is the head of the club where uh, Barry and Kara are musicians, performers, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cisco works there as well. Anyway, and Wynn's playing the piano there. There's a lot of really fun stuff I think they did there. Uh, a lot of cool. Oh, we'll talk about the musical numbers in a minute. Uh, anyway, so they kind of sing and dance their way through that and uh, manage to complete the musical. And then they wake up and they both kind of uh, realize that they want to be with their significant others. Um, so, uh, and, and then basically, so Kara is, you know, goes back with Manel to uh, Earth. Sorry, what is it? 38? That's where she's from, right? Yes. No. Okay. Good. And if <laughs> nobody's I helping me, so I can't remember off top. Sure. Of my head. I, think, I think it's that one. Um, no, Earth nineteen. No, HR's from Earth yeah. nineteen. That's right. We got that mixed up. Always, yeah, yeah. We always, that's why I'm trying to get it right. And then, uh, and then Barry at the end of this episode uh, has what actually sings in the real world. He has a nice uh, solo, uh, and he actually proposes to Iris once again. This time for the right reasons, and she accepts. So they're back together. All right, I think that covers pretty much what happened in the episode. Um, so let's start. Uh, let's talk about the musical part of this. Uh, that's obviously this has been a highly anticipated episode. Uh, it's been the one I've been most looking forward to. Um, so I've from from my own tweeting and responses, I have actually heard conflicting things. 
some people absolutely loved it. Some people thought they were kind of, I guess, played it safe and missed a lot of opportunities. So I, I adored this episode. Like it was everything I wanted it to be. Uh, like I just thought they nailed it. Um, all the, uh, I think they did a great job of dividing up the, so like all the different characters got a chance to be featured in songs and singing. They did a great job of that. Um, I was actually surprised that like some some of the actors I knew could absolutely sing, but other ones I had no idea that they and they actually yeah. did like Cisco for example. I actually think did, did a pretty damn good job. I mean, it was a little <laughs> short, short, but uh, that was great. And you know, and Win too. Like I had no idea. Yeah, Win was great. He was really good. Um, so I think the performances were great. The musical numbers were really well choreographed. I mean, the dancing was really good. Um, I mean, it looked, you know, it looked like a totally legit musical episode, you know, or a musical that like you would see somewhere, you know? Uh, and, you know, it was just, it was fun. Like the, the, super, the super Friends original, um, your Super Friend original song was like super fun, I thought. Like, it was just adorable seeing the two of them and the, and the lyrics were fun. Um, there was also outside the musical stuff. I just had a lot of fun with this episode. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of times when... Um, Barry was just sitting there like watching the other characters sing and being amazed because he's not used to obviously seeing these people like in these roles singing and he would he would just have like the, his reactions he's not verbal reactions to that stuff was just priceless like he would just be smiling or laughing something I would make these things that it was I always thought it was so funny like it was perfect what he was doing when he wasn't actually like speaking or singing um yeah I don't know so I I loved all that I thought I thought they did great and the song choices I think were, were, were very good too what I mean what did you guys think about the musical aspects of it I liked it. Was that last song original too, or, or was that something from somewhere? I don't. I thought only the super friend one was, but I'm not positive. Help us out in the chat if you know, folks. Oh, Aaron, what did you think about it? Oh, I I think my favorite thing about the episode was because I mean, some of the people I did know could sing, but a lot of them I didn't, and to see the characters come out and like you know either be singing or dancing and stuff like that, I think that was. Just, I don't know, just put a smile on my face, you know, because you're like, holy cow, that guy can sing? You know, I had no clue. Like, Joe, I didn't know he could sing. And I was, Oh, yeah, I knew. He, he, I he's know. the original uh, Broadway cast. Oh, we, okay. Yeah, we saw, him, that, uh... <laughs> we saw him singing in a previous episode, the parallel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earth yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that. But, but I know me, what you I, mean. There's, there's a lot of those characters I had absolutely no idea, or those actors. Yeah. Yeah, the only one I knew that could uh, uh, at least had, or I guess he had some Broadway too, or he was in Godspell a long time ago was uh, uh, Stein. Um, forget the oh, actor's right. name. Yeah. yeah, so I knew Victor, he, Victor Garner. Victor Gar- yeah, I knew he definitely. But uh, but yeah, that was a thing to see them, and especially with um, you know Kara uh, and Barry, like just their chemistry in terms of just I don't know the, the charisma, you know, in terms of like with the numbers and stuff. Um, and of course I was waiting cause I didn't, I've never really watched Glee. So I didn't know if Barry could sing. <laughs> so that was kind of fun to kind of get him out there and see him kind of, uh, do his thing. So, but I enjoyed it. I thought that it was all good. I agree with you with the, uh, the chemistry between Barra, uh, <clears throat> Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist has always been stellar. I felt like yeah. every time they do a crossover, they're, they're just like awesome together. Like I love seeing these two characters together. A lot of people, because that actually want like Barry and Cara to get together. Um, so, but also Bara, maybe that would be, I don't know, Carrie. Uh, <laughs> but also, you know what? Oh, I just, you remind me of something. What I loved about this episode is that I think this is the funniest I've seen Cara be, or at yeah. least in a very long time. Like yeah. 
she was like really fun and having a great time and just like so appealing, even kind of making some jokes and just and a bunch of this, I think is the, the Hellbings are very good writers as are all the Flash writers. Um, and also the chemistry between these two characters. Like, yeah. but like that's what I want to see from Supergirl. I want to yeah. see that fun level, not egotistical, Kara. It, it's something about, uh, you know, as far as the actor uh, uh, that brings something out of her that she doesn't even within her own show. Like when they did, you know, the crossovers, it just seems like two people that like, like probably went to elementary school together and now they're like, I'm the flash and I'm Supergirl. You know, it's like they're kind of like giggling to each other. Like, Oh my God, you know, our life is great. You know, and, I, and, that, and it just, it's infectious, you know, when you see them together. So, um, but yeah, that was, it was great. So that song, so there's two original songs. Super friend was, and that was, I think I mentioned in the previous time sometime that crazy ex-girlfriend creator, Rachel Bloom uh, co-wrote that. But that Running Home to You is an original song for it. It's by La La Land's Oscar-winning songwriters. Oh, wow. Uh, team uh, Binge and Justin Paul. Binge, Pastic, and Justin Paul, I believe. I, guess, okay. I never heard of that. I think I'd ever heard of that song. All right, before. well, good, good call. Uh, Listener's Mate says, I did like Kara's hairstyle in this episode and her makeup and dresses, too. It was obviously fun to see all the, yeah, the, uh, I don't know, what were they? What was it, kind of like a 1920s, 30s? The 40s, 30s, 40s, yeah. yeah. Uh, Literally also said, the musical parts seem way too fake because you could clearly tell they were lip syncing. I hate it when lip syncing is so obvious that it takes away the emotion of the song. So he makes a valid point, I feel. Um, I mean, first of all, almost any, uh, Les Mis is one of the few exceptions where actually in the movie, I know they actually were, the director had everybody sing live. But that's very rare. Almost anything you do a musical, I mean, they are, I would assume they are probably singing, but it's obviously all just recorded later and then they just dub it over the actual polished song. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fine with most of it. I will say during like the super friend with the tap dancing, I could clearly see that uh, Barry's mouth was not always matching what was happening in the song because he was dancing around and I, and I guess it was like, oh, whatever. Uh, or just, I don't know. It's <laughs> hard, I'm sure. <laughs> I get it. But like, and I, so I do agree with this is made that, yes, yeah, so, then that thing, I was a little taken out of it because you know they're not actually doing it. But yeah. for the most part, I thought they did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can help it too much. It only took me a little bit. In the dream world or whatever, I didn't care at all. I mean, it was a real world engagement. It did bug me just a touch. But I got over pretty fast. Because <laughs> I, I understand that's how, how, how you're going to have to probably produce it. It would be really tough to do otherwise. Gotcha. They're on TV. They got to move fast. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, so here's the question. The Music Meister, that is a character, right, from the comics? From the cartoon. Yeah, from Brave and the Bold. Yeah, the Brave oh, and the Bold. Okay. Yeah. I didn't watch yeah. Brave and the Bold. Yeah. Was, now, uh, he seems crazy powerful. See, that that's what that's one aspect that bothered me with the episode because I happened to see um at Comic-Con is how I saw the episode that had the Music Meister. Um we ended up at one of the panels and they like aired the episode it hadn't come out yet and they showed the episode with him and he was like a typical villain, you know, typical guy that wants to just he wants to make a lot of money and you know have a lot of power and he was hypnotizing people to sing the songs. And stuff. And so it was interesting to make him. He felt the issue I had is he kind of felt too close to uh, what's the other one, Mr. Mitzelplick, 
Yeah. You know, where you it's called Mixie. Mixie. He just kind of felt like he was, like, like you said, kind of too powerful. And I didn't understand, well, what is his power to some extent to be called the music meister? Because it was, you know, okay, I understand that he, you know, put them in the dream world and he was kind of siphoning their powers or whatever to be that. But why would you call him the music meister for doing that? Well, I guess because, well, I guess you could say because yeah. he puts people into musical worlds, but he kind of said that it wasn't necessary. They created the musical. It could have been a different yeah. world they, they fell into, not a musical and, at all. And, and the other issue that I had was why was he telling them to follow the script? I mean, I understood, understand at the end why he was doing it, which I wasn't a big fan of. But the fact of like, well, if you're a villain and you're trying to just keep him there, just be like, all right, I put you there. You know, good luck. In this show, at least, I interpret that he's not a villain at all. He's actually a good guy. Yeah. There's and no that's point what I didn't like. See, I, I actually liked it a lot because I didn't expect it. And I liked how, like, it would have been easy just to do this as a musical. And it was, and I like, as a one-off and had nothing to do with anything else in the storylines, right? But mm -hmm. I actually liked how they managed to work in both what was happening romantically in Supergirl and in The Flash. Like, it was immediately happening in the previous episodes and leading up. And they tied that into this musical. And and they worked out the stuff. So they worked out the current storylines, and they still did a musical. And I thought that was very, very well executed. It helped redeem Flash, because uh, I had a problem with last week's episode with that whole engagement. Mm -hmm. uh, let's let's move out deal. It was really felt weird. But now I understand, because the writers were setting up for this. And the way he and the way he proposed in the end, everything just it made it worthwhile. It, yeah, but I, I I agree with you on that. That I I like that they went that route. My problem was is that was his motivation to make them get there. I would have been fine if he it was a, like an evil plan, and then they still found their bigger love despite him. You know, it was almost like unwittingly getting them to that point and, and making them figure it out, rather than I'm going to give you enough. I, I was just like, why? It made me feel a little bit like that. It was an excuse to do an episode like that. Yep. And I felt like they were doing so good. They had me. They had it all laid out. They executed it. And then it just felt like they told me at the end, ah, we're just making this just to make an episode that has music <laughs> in it and song and dance. When they had, all they had to do is make up anything to make it seem like, oh, and they got thwarted and him getting upset and. You know, at least it felt, I don't know, he just felt too much, too similar, because Mitzelplik does the same type of thing, where he's a villain, but to some extent he's not. You know, he does things that just to cause havoc, and that character felt the same thing. And that's what I didn't like compared to what he was in the cartoon. Um, but overall, I could say I liked the episode. It was just, that's my main... I guess, argument with it. It was just like, oh, why did they do that? I needed to at least feel like there was a reason more than because yeah. I'm a good guy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Why is this powerful being suddenly go like care so much about their love life? I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> because you need to have well, a happy love life to be a good hero. <laughs> but I'm going to call, I'm going to call it that this is a new, new God, you know, the new gods and, and apocalypse and stuff. Oh. And, uh, and that he's the God of love. That's what I'm going to say. Ah. <laughs> You're like, he's not the music meister. He's not the music meister. Well, Flash gave him that name. I, I was oh. looking at you because he, he's the one that kind of mentioned that name. And then for some reason at the very end, he like went with it. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Well, they, they, they give everybody names in Flash. Well, that's the thing. The Cisco thing is always to name the, the villains, right? Yeah. 
I was a little confused too at like how that whole transition between vibing Monel and and uh, uh, Monel oh, Iris. And Iris to the to the dream world and then them kissing them in the physical world and how that all happened. It was a little confusing. Oh, come on. It's a musical. Don't worry about that. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going to go with it because it was a great episode. I, do, I like, by the way, a couple of times in the in the episode uh, how Barry and Carl were like, wow, things really are easier in musicals, how they easily convince people. Like, just to do something. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> Super funny. Um, all right. Anything else to mention about this musical episode? Covers everything? All right. So I, I don't know. Yeah, like I asked, I would so love for them to do another. I don't know if they ever are because it sounded like, at least from I think one of the executive producers, it kind of sounded like, yeah, this is, this is kind of is just like a one-time thing. But I guess who knows? Maybe if there's enough clamor for one, another one. It, it might be something they'll touch. They'll try again a couple years or something. I don't a four, a four show, uh, or maybe the Black Lightning, a five-episode cross musical crossover. <laughs> <laughs> don't think that's gonna happen. No, but that would be the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> I think I think they got all the actors that sing or want to sing on screen, and that's mm-hmm. that's who they got. <laughs> Everybody else is like, I pass. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, well, sucks for them. <laughs> all right. So can Let's we talk about give... how good a tap dancer that that Barry is? Pretty good tap dancer. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I mean, Carr was doing it too, right? She she was good too, but he was he was uh, another level, I think. At that, yeah, yeah no, Barry was really, yeah, he was really moving his feet like li- like lightning there, <laughs> right? <laughs> Instead of run, Barry runs like tap, Barry tap. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how he should have ended it. I'm the fastest dancer alive. <laughs> no, again, Greg Gustin is very talented, as most of as all of them. Yeah, I mean, her Moon River was really good too. The first song, yeah, she's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, she's great. They're, they're both awesome. Some lots of talent. In that whole All cast. right, so we're gonna give some ratings. We do the lightning bolt scale for Flash. Uh, I will absolutely give this five lightning bolts. In fact, I would go if I, we had a rating above this. I would give this a high above <laughs> that five plus lightning bolts. I, I cannot tell you how happy I was with this episode. Like Aaron said, it just even from like the first big. Uh, Put a little love in your heart number. I just had such a big smile on my face. That's why I'm watching this episode. Aaron, what would you give this one? It it was heading to the five until the end. So I have to give it four. Ooh. Four All right. Bolts. Four lightning bolts. Very good. It was, it was at four. I just needed a good, you know, just tidy it up pretty easy. Even though, like, there's some stuff that I have, you know, just my own opinions of, like, oh, I didn't like this or whatever. But as a, as an episode, I felt like it was an almost, and what hurt me was kind of his reasoning for doing it and stuff like that. Just kind of like, oh, really? Just buying his motivation. Yeah, that that was a big problem for me. All right, and Marks, <clears throat> I'm gonna give it five five uh, lightning bolts. Pretty good. Yeah, five platinum lightning bolts. Platinum bolts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, so very yes, we very much enjoyed the episode uh all right so now it's some news time and then we're going to talk flash uh, no we're going to talk flash sorry arrow and legends of tomorrow uh <laughs> so marks what's our first news item um so uh, they just recently released a justice league trailer so um i don't know if you guys have got a chance to see it yet what, what, mm-hmm. if you did what do you think aaron what do you think what did i what think I, i'm on the other end of the dc you know 
I guess movie universe. Uh, um, I'm not. I feel like it's like a. It reminded me of Sucker Punch. The trailer. Oh God! I hope not. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of. It's not for me. I'll be honest. I, I'm. I'm. I pretty much jump ship, but um, I know I'm going to watch Wonder Woman. My wife's going to, you know, drag me out there and stuff. But I'm just. I just not liked a lot of the choices they made. And the trailer watching it, it just felt like it was kind of where DC and superhero films are going. It felt like a Transformer movie to me, where it just felt like spectacle, but I just, it's not for me. You know, it's its not anything bad. You know, people love it. That's great. I just realize it's, it's where I feel old. You know, I'll go back to my, you know, with the Christopher Nolan and the, you know, Christopher Reeve. You know, that's my superheroes. But mm-hmm. this group, I just, it's just not for me. Yeah. Yep. Not here. Yeah, I think. That, I mean, a lot of people. I think have that very similar complaint. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'm kind of divided. Uh, I mean, because I did like Batman v Superman. Some of it, at least. Uh, not. It didn't hold up quite as well in uh, repeated viewing. But. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they've got a lot of. They really got to do a lot better. Uh, and their tone choices are odd. Uh, they're um, even. Even the look of, of the film or the CG and everything feels so like depressing. It's, it's a lot, bit, a lot yeah. of it is the style of Zack Snyder, who yeah. I keep wanting to become an amazing director outside of just visually very good, but I cannot, can never quite get there. It seems like uh, <laughs> I mean, it does seem like they did put a little bit more fun in this one. They're trying to. There were a couple of lines I actually did thought were quite funny in the trailer. There's one Batman has. I forgot what it was. It was funny. And the Flash, I think they're trying to make a fun character in this, yeah. in this uh, movie. When Barry uh, goes, what's your superpower again? And Bruce goes, I'm rich. That's it. That was <laughs> rich. That was fun. Um, I will say, I again, every time I see like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, I'm just like, oh, she's so fucking good, man. It's Wonder Woman. Um, so that's good. I don't know. I mean... It, look, it could be cool, but again, yeah, it looks like a lot of spectacle. They're fighting some, I don't know, aliens that I'm probably not going to give a shit about. Um, it's like we saw it, Avengers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't give a shit about an Avengers either, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, no, I, like, I agree with you. I like the Avengers, but I didn't give a shit about the aliens they were fighting. Um, yeah. So, uh, I I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> this doesn't give me a ton of hope. Uh, I'm, I'm going to see it because I've been waiting for a Justice League movie for a long time. Um I just, I don't know. I just, somebody else needs to get a hold of this. And like, well, like, and that's why I was so excited when Ben Affleck was going to direct the Batman standalone movie because I, I've loved Ben Affleck's movies he's directed. He's done such a good job. Um, so now that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate that and I get why, but it's unfortunate because I think it could have went in the right direction if he. Then you just get all of us. All three of us can direct. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll do it real cheap. We'll come deal. Zero money. <laughs> oh hell, don't get too crazy. Right? We'll, we'll we'll take the toy profits. <laughs> well, actually, all right, that would probably be a lot of money. Actually, that could be. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, Carrie Johnson in the chat says, "Did you guys see the YouTube video of the Avengers watching the Justice League trailer? It's fantastic. Oh, no. No, I haven't I've seen, seen that." that. That must be funny. Um, so, like Zack Snyder, like I like him. I I liked Watchmen. I like Three Hundred, but he just can't. He's very good visual, like you said, but you know, but piecing together a good narrative and good, uh, uh, well structured plot has been challenging for him. And um, 
and the tone is and not a tone that I would pick. The person who made Watchmen would not be someone I would go, yep, you should do Justice League. You know, it just those are two very tonally different type of movies, type of uh, stories. Um, it just looks like, I don't know if you guys saw the Justice League War animated movie. No. I've seen it. I wasn't like a that. big fan of it. That's like a, it's like a, it's, it's, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. I feel like it's, that was like a test run <laughs> for this in a way. Uh, and I know that's based on the origin story of Justice, Justice League, the first story arc. And what is it? Was it New 52? I, I can't remember what they, they've, they've been doing all these soft reboots anymore in DC. I can't keep uh, Rebirth is now <laughs> New 52 was before that. Yeah. Okay. So I think it was New, a, 52. Uh, New 52. Yeah. Yeah. So with Cyborg being in a group and all that stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's basically them finding Darkseid and the Parademons and stuff invading. And that seems like the, the route they're going. Plus Cyborg was tied into, um, they tied his technology in with the, the smart, the mother boxes and stuff, which seems like they might be doing again. Um, but anyway, I don't know. It does. It looks like just a lot of fighting and stuff, and I'm not sure if it's going to be good or not. I did like that uh, we see Mira in it, so that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, see. Aquaman's uh, love interest. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, it looks like nice. Barry's dad was in it, so it looks like they're going to stick with the whole rebirth origin where uh, Barry's dad was blamed for his mom's death. death oh, so that wasn't – you're saying that's a very recent thing in the comics in rebirth? Yeah, because that's, that's what they always did with the TV series. And the TV series was before Rebirth happened in the comics. Well, um, I th- it's done in the 2000s. They did something about his death, uh, his mom's death. Um, oh, that, okay. That's it. Was, no, that's not the, that's not the past. Was it, wasn't that through Flashpoint? The, yeah. Uh, the comic, or, I mean, I only got to see the, uh, the oh, okay. animated one. And I think that's where they, they made it where, like, his mom died that way. Because I don't think his original Golden Age or Silver Age was, uh, you know, scientific, you know, like a, a bolt of lightning or something that on chemicals and that was it. Like it had nothing pertaining with his parents, but, uh, yeah, I think it's a recent thing. It's a more recent thing. And, um, it looks like they're sticking with that. And I'm guessing since Barry's dad was in prison, Jason Momoa seems like an interesting take on, uh, Aquaman, except he seems like Jason Momoa playing Jason Momoa. <laughs> I'm surprised that it's, they're saying kind of like a funny take on him, sort of, it seems like. Well, it, I was kind of curious if they were going to do a take, but it, he does seem more modernized. But like Brave and the Bold had probably the best take on Aquaman that I've ever seen. They made him kind of like a, like a warrior that was grand and like, I mean, to some extent, he was similar to what they've made Thor. Where it was like he was all into battle and what an adventure. And, and so he was kind of corny in that way, but it was actually kind of funny. He'd be like, that's outrageous. You know, <laughs> he was actually very fun in Brave and the Bold. And I kind of was wondering, you know, because of Jason Momoa, he's such a big guy. And, you know, he definitely can do action stuff, you know, that they were going to make him very kind of like a big barbarian kind of warrior type guy. But he kind of is a mix of that and like a biker dude. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they tried the whole like you know I'm a warrior guy and just didn't play well. Yeah, and uh, I feel like they, Thor did it already, or at least in the movies. So you kind of feel like you can't do the same thing. I mean, I like the the barbarianish look to him and stuff. I think that's kind of cool. And, um, I don't know. I hate the Flash costume. I think it looks really weird. Yeah, it does look weird. I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
So uh, in other news, uh, Supergirl news, Katie McGrath, who plays Lena Luthor, uh, will become a series regular next season. Uh, so you're going to get to see more of her, which I am super happy about. Uh, I really like Katie McGrath a lot from her. She was in the show Merlin. Uh, you guys ever saw that? Uh, she had a, She was also in Jurassic World. Uh, she had a smaller role than that. But uh, anyway, I think she's... She was. She was the, oh. It was really terrible, to be honest with what they did to her character. She was the... Uh, she was oh, the warning. She was she's the assistant, thing, right? warning, sorry. But she's, uh, she was the assistant who, oh. I, for some reason, they did the, the worst on-camera death ever. Like, like basically, like she was some terrible villain, and she wasn't. She was just trying to yeah. find the kid. Like, I never I, understood that. Like, like, why would you do that to that poor character? Yeah, it was almost kind of like they, they were setting her up to be this horrible character that you'd root for if that happened, but she wasn't. You know, they yeah. never made her that bad, and she had probably the worst death yeah. <laughs> out of that whole movie. Like, it's like the lawyer character in the first Jurassic Park, but they kind of portray him as a, as a dick, right? Yeah. So yeah. when he gets eaten by the, the dinosaur, but this is far worse than that, what happens. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I remember feeling so bad. I was like, why did they do that? Like, she didn't deserve, like, well, you know, the first part where you think she's dead, okay, you're like, oh, okay, you know, she gets what she deserves, and then it just kept going and going, and you're like, oh, yeah. So anyway, I feel like, much <laughs> yeah, I think the it's his PAs or something took revenge. Oh, he was like, "Ha ha! This is what you get if you cross me." <laughs> anyway, but I, I, um, I think she's great as Lena Luthor. Like, I really like that character. Um, the uh, I'm always very, whatever scene she's in, I'm definitely. It's always really good. Um, her relationship with Kara, I think, is interesting to explore um, and see what happens with that. Um, I like how. So I mean, I would like some people, you know, are predicting obviously she's going to go bad because she's a Luther. I actually like that they're keeping her good right now. That they're not going that route, like, which is the kind of the obvious route. Like I, I like that she's trying to do the, the good thing and not go along with her mother and brother and stuff. So anyway, so I'm excited that we're going to see get more, see more of her next season. Yeah, cool. I feel like they're going to bring on Lex at some point. Right? Well, they have to, right? <laughs> yeah. If nothing All else, right. we'll just run out of characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that makes sense too. If, she, if she's being promoted, that would make sense if he comes involved somehow. And maybe there's obviously tension between Lena and Lex, right? And he wants her to go bad, I'm sure, and stuff. Yeah. All right. What other news do we have, Marks? Um, so a little bit of Arrow news, at least some clues. Um, what we can kind of expect from finale. We'll talk more about Arrow soon. <clears throat> so uh, Mark Guggenheim, is that right? Guggenheim. Yeah, Guggenheim. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just say it, man. You got the names fine. Just say it. Who cares if you butcher it? Names are my kryptonite. <laughs> uh, he, he said um, he said recently that we're not going to destroy the city. We're not even going to threaten the city. Because you notice that's been a theme in the finales. In fact, I can also tell you the finale doesn't even take place in the, the city. Apparently, the citizens of Star City can breathe easily in May. So... Uh, <laughs> So he did say that the, the city will not be in danger, like most finales. He also did let slip uh, that some familiar faces will be um, will be on hand to help fight against Prometheus. He said you can expect a good number of returning characters, characters you haven't seen in a while, back in the episode. Um, yeah, Huntress, Huntress, Huntress. I would like to see Huntress, <laughs> yeah, right? Maybe Sin. Maybe we talked about Sin recently. You never know. Yeah. Um, but speaking about on that, I don't know if this is connected or not, but I did, uh, I think yesterday, maybe there was a tweet that went out, uh, Nick Tarabay, 
who uh, plays Captain Boomerang or had played Captain Boomerang. He uh, has a picture of Captain Boomerang holding a boomerang, saying uh, like just like down hip level holding the boomerang. And he uh, he tweeted, "Who really misses this guy? Because as you know, what goes around always comes back around. So uh, so he may be returning." Hopefully, I'm pretty sure nice. that's a good clue. You know, you know. Okay, after you're saying that, by the way, Roy's got to return then, right? I bet Roy's going to return. I would, I would hope so. Yeah, maybe he's vigilante. Speaking of which, he also said at Paley Fest uh, about vigilante. He said we know who it is, but we were kind of intrigued by the idea of having a mystery that led into the next season. We we're excited the prospect of just letting this play out for a little while longer, and it gives us something cool to do in season six. So we're not going to find out who vigilante is this season. That's fine. So. Vigilante has barely been in it. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like somebody they pop in for two seconds every so often and be like, I'm a vigilante. Ha ha. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It was a good red herring to trick people on Adrian Chase. So, yeah. All right. There's also, right. Mark Google, I've also tweeted out, right? An interesting picture of uh, Felicity Smoke. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, the upcoming Legends of Tomorrow episode, Doom World, coming up next week. Uh, he tweeted out concept art of Felicity Smoke as a superhero uh, in the cape and, co- and like uh, hood Ow. type. Yeah. A lot of people have said it looks a little bit like Huntress in some ways. I, in costume. I, I saw the article said that. I don't think it looks like Huntress. I don't, and and I, Huntress is my favorite character. The only thing is, is purple. I mean, Huntress is purple as her color, but it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, no. there's other characters that have purple as their color besides Huntress. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm curious to see what her name's supposed to be. I mean, maybe it looks oh, a little gets... like the version they did of the Hunters in the show, I guess. I guess it could be that, maybe a little bit. It maybe. doesn't look like Hunters in the comics at all. Well, I think it's supposed to be, I think that's what they're referring to, what the Hunters in the show look like. Uh, okay, um, I can see that a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I, I know that that actress has been working out a lot and doing a little training on the side and stuff. Uh, 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 Emily Be- or Beck Rickards, whatever her name is, right? That's her yeah. Name? Not that I ever really have her do anything, but I know she's been doing it. So maybe this is going to be her opportunity to bust out a move for a scene. The concept art did look really cool. So I, I think that'd be cool to see her kicking some ass. Yeah, I think it'd be cool too. I'm and this, fortunate. In this, because in this, uh, we'll get to it, Legend, but because this, this is going to be like a, basically the whole history has been like changed because of what the Legion of Doom did, right? That's why she's going to be a superhero now in this. Yep. Sort of like Flashpoint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. That's our news for the week, right? I think that's it. Uh, Carrie Johnson says, Felicity looks all Assassin's Creed in that concept art. She kind of does, actually. That's a good reference, Carrie. That's true, yeah. All right. What do we got next here? What are we doing? Uh, Legends next? No, Arrow next. Sorry. Jump with the gun. All right. Marks, tell us about this week's Arrow. All right. Well, this week's Arrow was episode 17 of season five uh, called Cat. What was that name word again? Capuchon. That sounds right. Sure, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, it was written by Brad Fort Sullivan, who's a who's done a lot of executive story editing for the series, and written a number of episodes. And also Emilio Ortega Aldrich, who uh, has written quite a bit for season three through five, including episodes like Canaries and Vigilante. So in this episode. <clears throat> We have a couple of stories happening at the same time. Uh, in one, we have Adrian or Prometheus torturing Oliver to tell tell his secret, his dark secret. Um, and he does a number of things to torture him and to try to get him to say what he's wanting to say, including pre- pretending to kill Artemis off. Um, 
in the end, Oliver does admit that he likes to kill. And after finally admitting what Prometheus was wanting to hear, um, Prometheus lets him go, but not before he like, you know, burns off that Brockfa tattoo. So I'm sure that felt great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then, uh, mean, you know, interweaved in all this, we've got the flashback story in Russia with the Brockva. We see that Malcolm Merlin was actually involved uh, helping out Kovar and his plan to uh, take over the government by using sarin gas to kill a lot of the government officials. Um, you know, Oliver, with the Broadfile's help, uh, does manage to stop him. Uh, he thinks he kills off, kills Kovar, but not so much, because uh, we see that Kovar actually did survive somehow with the help of Merlin. Um, and then we, and that's when we see that that's by killing, supposedly killing off Kovar and stopping him. That's how Oliver got his tattoo uh, with the Broadfile. And sadly, Tiana's mother died. So that whole family has a really tragic situation going on. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it was a pretty good episode, I, I thought, overall, uh, especially one that's so flashback heavy. Um, you know, I like seeing Merlin make appearance, I like seeing that that was tied, tied into uh, the story without Oliver knowing. I like seeing him fight Constantine Kovar, you know, played by Dolph Lundgren, and who's always plays a good bad guy. And um, when's Van Damme going to be in it? <laughs> I'm wait, I'm soon. <laughs> uh, who who would Van Damme play? Do you think? Hmm. <laughs> I got to um, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like I've said before, Antonio. Antoli. Antoli. Antolio. Hey, he's Antolio. It's a me, Antolio. <laughs> um, I, I know that actor's great. I liked him from Stargate Atlantis. I always like him when he's in stuff. I'm kind of wondering, so that that character, that name, it was originally the name of KG Beast in the comic books. Highly doubt he's going to become KG Beast. Um, although KG I like that. Yeah, KG Beast. Wait, that's who Antoli? What is Yep, in the comic books. Okay, wait. The name so kind of wondering is actually not... called KG Beast. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so he's a KGB agent who becomes a beast. <laughs> he's like a cyborg uh, assassin. Oh dude. boy! Kind of like Winter Soldier before Winter Soldier in a way. Um, oh, that's like cyborg Superman. <laughs> I hope they don't use that name on air. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. He was a pretty good villain, at least his original story arc uh, against Batman. Um, I'm kind of wondering if this isn't a bait and switch thing, kind of like uh, like with Adrian Chase, and maybe that Kovar is going to be their version of KG Beast. Maybe not. Maybe not at all. But uh, might be interesting to see. And I'd be interested to see if that means he's involved in what's going on right now or not, um, or if he's going to return next season, or what what's going to go on, go on with that. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think, Aaron? What'd you go ahead? Um. Usually I don't watch Arrow. It's the one show that I just, I, like, I think I kind of came late to the party with the DC CW shows. And I know a lot of people loved it, you know, from the first two seasons. And then when they brought the Flash is what got me into, you know, watching the, the you know, DC shows. And um, Arrow, I think what made me not want to go straight into it is everybody who's seen, you know, that I talked to all said how much they didn't like the third and fourth seasons. And so I've watched here and there, and I was kind of curious to hear what you guys uh, thought of the, the episode. But for, for me, it, uh, I hadn't watched it in a while and I kind of know what's sort of going on. 
Um, I think it was my favorite episode of all four series this week. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, cool. I was surprised. I, I really wasn't, it was hard for me in the beginning to kind of follow like, well, who's who it got very detailed oriented of particular characters, especially in the flashback. I'm like, I don't know who that, why do we care about this? But as it went on, and I think some of the kind of philosophical questions it was bringing up, especially with, with arrow and, and um, you know, in terms of like, cause he's always been a character that I've, I think it's more of, I'm not a big fan of the character in the comic books for some reason. I like Batman, but I've never gravitated toward, uh, towards Green Arrow. And um, and I know a friend of mine tried to get me excited about the series saying, well, he's a little different than the other heroes because he'll kill. And I wasn't sure how I felt about that. And the fact that they kind of like talked about it and, and put it in the forefront, it just, I don't know, it just won me over. It felt like I was talking about what, what's making me lose my interest in Supergirl is what made me really like this is there's repercussions to everything. And, and that just, I, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed how they kind of played it out and, and what kind of um, struggle he's dealing with. So to be kind of thrown into what's going on in that season and stuff like that, it, it definitely intrigued me. I don't know how you guys feel about how the season's going, if it is something to watch or if they're still trying to figure it out. But I was very impressed with the episode. So let me share some uh, things in the chat here, and then I'll kind of lead into my thoughts. Uh, Listeners Mate said, I didn't even watch the last 20 minutes of it because I fell asleep. I just figured that I hear all about it tonight and be more entertained. Well, thank you for thinking that we'd be entertaining about it. It's great. And then Carrie Johnson says, this app could have been called The Darkest Night Rises. This app was dark, all cap letters. It was. So, yes, and that's why I did not like it at all. Um, Wow. I'm going to take a very different uh, point of view than these two gentlemen. Uh, so Arrow has always been, of course, the darkest of these DC shows. Um, however, I don't ever feel it's gone that dark. It's not like the Marvel uh, Netflix shows by any stretch of the imagination. This is absolutely the darkest episode they've ever done on Arrow, I feel, um, having watched all five seasons. And um, I don't like that. I don't like it at all, man. Uh, so generally, I'm going to say, culturally, uh, I feel like entertainment has gone in a very dark path and a lot of that i'm sure is a reflection of what's going on in the world uh, okay and i get that but i i'm sick of seeing that like that's not what i want to see anymore like i actually take the other route like i feel you need enter- humor when when things are really dark in the world um so i'm kind of like i've had enough man like of this kind of dark fucking tone shit and i know a lot of people love it i know mark's absolutely like he loves all the netflix stuff um and i just don't want to see it anymore that's not my thing so this was this was a tough episode for me to watch of Arrow, uh, and I knew it was going to be. I knew it was going to be like a tor- that's another thing. I'm so sick of seeing torture episodes. Like for some reason, Hollywood loves showing torture like scenes in shows, and I don't really get it. But I knew this is what this was going to be. My biggest problem is it's too they push too far with Oliver, like enjoying killing. Um, that's just too much of a stretch. I had a problem the first season where he was a killer. I'm like, I don't want a hero who's a killer. But they quickly showed him growing from that and like realizing I should be better than this. I shouldn't be a killer. So I was okay with that. I saw the journey he was going on. But now they made it way far worse where he actually like thinks he gets pleasure out of killing apparently. Um, So, and I get how that leads into the first season where he was a killer. So I understand storyline that that does fit in this flashback. But I really don't like it at all. Uh, and I really hope they pull him out of that real fast. Otherwise, this is this is actually something that could make me stop watching the show. 
like if they don't pull this out real fast and because and not go down a dark spiral like this. Um, that's just not something I want to see. Uh, and yeah, so that that's why I didn't really like the episode. Um, and I also kind of feel like they keep going backwards. Like Oliver has struggled back and forth with this thing about, okay, am I going to be someone who doesn't kill? Am I going to kill when needed? Right? So I feel like this is kind of two steps or more backwards. Like they keep kind of going forward and then pushing it backwards. And, and I kind of feel at this point in five seasons in guys, like, I don't want to see this anymore. Just move him forward. Like stop bringing him back to this point where he's going to be a killer again. So I'm just kind of done with it. And I want to, I want to see him move, which I'm guessing this is all going to play out and he will move past this by the end of the season, hopefully. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's why I, I have a much different take on it. See, and that's why I was kind of curious on your guys' opinion on it, because I don't know like where the show has kind of been from, you know, in terms of like, is this something they constantly keep, you know, going back towards or whether this is something new that they explored. But for me is like just coming in, you know, only have watched maybe, you know, I've watched the crossovers and I've watched maybe a couple episodes of its own. Um, I found it interesting. Like, let's say if I had started with that, I found it very intriguing. Whether it was, I, I didn't, I mean, I know it was definitely dark. I didn't find it like that he enjoyed killing in terms of the fact that I, I felt like he enjoyed killing the, the bad guy, you know, in his mind, whoever the villain was to get some kind of justice or judgment to them. Um, and it felt kind of like, well, if you go through that or whatever, and especially towards the end when he was like, I can't do it anymore. Um, you know, it just felt, it, it felt like it rang true in terms of if you had been doing stuff like that and somebody, you know, especially trying, you know, with the villain Prometheus trying to get him to break him basically is what he's trying to do. Um, I don't know. It just kind of held true to what I think would happen in a story or with, a, with, you know, a character like that. Um, yeah, let, let me share something Kerry Johnson says. He said in the chat, Adrian is right. Ali is a serial killer with a cause, but don't all killers have a cause in their own mind? Yeah, I mean... And you, make a, you make a good point. He is, I mean, that, that helps people get around, I think. The fact that he's killing really bad people is obviously much better than if he's killing nice people. It, it was kind of like the thing with, like, and I had the problem with um, Dexter, you know, because, like, that had to do with, like, a serial killer who was killing other serial killers. So that somehow made him kind of good, you know, I'm like, no, he's still a killer. Even like the, the uh, hitman with the heart, you know, it's kind of like, uh, they're like, you know, you, you, they kind of glorify hitmen, you know, kind of like in video games and stuff like that. But I'm still kind of like, well, they're still killing people, whether they think they're good or bad and stuff. And I thought it was an interesting take of him kind of throw, you know, Prometheus throwing that back at Arrow. I don't know what his, I mean, like I said, I don't know what, what's led to where they're at and stuff. But it, it looked this kind of something, you know, for a villain, if you want to break, really break a, a hero, you know, you kind of show them who they are. Um, and, and, and I don't know. I just found it very intriguing. But like I said, I haven't come from like five seasons of watching it to where I'm sure if like maybe I'd gone through that journey and then to see him go back again, that might make me go, oh, you know, this is, he's not growing. But to me, from what I watch, it felt like, it's something he has to do because there was a line in it where he was kind of saying something like, I'm trying to be something bigger than me, you know, than where I'm at. I felt like it's a journey that you need to go through to be, become bigger, a, a superhero, you know, or, or wherever they're planning to take him. that he has to go through that rather than just kind of everything's good. And I'm, I'm always kind of like how Supergirl's going. I feel like, yeah. you know, there's no repercussions to anything. It's always, even if I do the wrong thing, 
it's still going to be right and I'm always going to get my way. And I think with that character with Arrow, it made it more complex. But like, I can understand if you're like, oh, I don't want to see that kind of dark, you know. They've already done this right journey and this is just a much darker, more serious version of it. I guess that's Mm. the thing for me. Yeah. Well, he relapsed into killing after killing dark and the end of last season. So, Mm. which was understandable killing then he just kind of like oh, let's do it again <laughs> which might be because he likes killing so he's he's he struggled against it and it just he slipped he's like an alcoholic you know it's yeah <laughs> two uh two other things that not to do with the darkness of it but that didn't totally play for me is so the i don't know i felt that ollie didn't uh he didn't resist the torture enough he seemed like he was broken too fast I know it took the whole episode, but even in the beginning, he seems like he was very defeated. Uh, and I don't know, I guess someone like who's gone through what he's gone through, five, yeah, five years in hell, right? That's how they always begin the episode. And I feel like he would have been able to resist a lot better. Like he would have right. been able to go through a lot of shit first, you know? I think it's because this whole psychological game has been going on all, all season with Prometheus. He's been defeating him at every turn. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just been wearing him down quite a bit. So, so he's going to have the end of his rope at this point? Yeah, and apparently it was gone six days, so there was... Right, you know, yeah, that's right. They revealed the end, it was been six days, which is quite a while, actually. Yeah. The reveal also didn't, like, when they reveal... Because the whole episode, right, the, the, Adrian was like, you're going to tell me your secret, right, or your darkest secret, and Oliver doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And so, and they, the whole episode was built up about that, right? And so it was kind of a letdown for me when the secret was like, you like killing because I don't like when you did the whole episode because I kept being like, what the fuck is the secret? Like, what is it? Like, I, like, what are they talking about? And then I thought it was gonna be something like, I don't know, like he killed somebody specifically like, a, I don't know, like accidentally a kid or something or something very traumatic happened. And it was gonna be something very specific, but it was so general, like, oh, you just like killing bad guys. To me, it was kind of like, well, that's not it wasn't a big enough of a thing when you spent all the episode building that up. It felt kind of like an interrogation in terms of like he was just trying to get him to admit something about himself. Maybe he used the wrong word secret, you know, should have been like, I want you to admit it. I want you to confess. I want you to, you know, to, that was try- what it seemed like he was trying to do. But I couldn't, you know, like, I agree with you in terms of like, it wasn't quite a secret. <laughs> it wasn't something that he was holding back that he knew, didn't know he knew, you know, it felt like he was just trying to get him to confess of, who he is, I guess. Right, that is but, what he was doing, right? Trying to do, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like what Music Meister is doing, except instead of love, it's you know killing. He's pushing him along. <laughs> I think Music Meister needs to interfere in Oliver's life and cheer him up. <laughs> yeah, why wasn't uh, Music Meister trying to help Oliver right now? <laughs> well, because because Stephen Amell said there's no way I'm doing a musical. Uh, <laughs> so instead, he's like, I would rather be chained up and be tortured in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you guys do your stupid singing. <laughs> That's pretty big contrast for this week's oh, episode. Oh god, it was, I think it was like one day after the other. I watched it right, like it actually made. Like, <laughs> I needed to like go rewatch almost the Flash musical just to recover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like wow, way to go from here to all the way. <laughs> Rough. All right, we gonna do ratings. Sure. Oh, uh, one logic thing. All right. Yes. Uh, his logic police here. Police. Did you know? I thought it was funny how um, when he's talking to when Arrow or Oliver is talking to 
the mother of that one, uh, the one woman I can't remember her name now from the island. And he's like, I need your help and stuff. And she's like, okay, I believe you. Here's the key that you need. <laughs> and just gives him the key. And it's like, why'd you just like give him exactly what he wanted? He didn't even ask for it. <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> That's just me. Okay. Wait, who, sorry. I was reading something in the chat. Who gave the key? Uh, the the T Tiana's mom. Remember? Oh, right, right, right. So he could sneak into the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he goes over right. there and he was like, I trust you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. No, I, 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 I got you. I hear you. I will say, though, yes, this uh, usually, like, I'm not, I've told you last week how I, I don't like the flashbacks, but they actually held the flashback pretty well. And it was mainly a flashback episode today. Uh, this yeah. Time, actually. Uh -huh. It was a good, a good uh, flashback episode. One thing in the chat, Carrie Johnson notes, by the way, uh, Wild Dog and Dig using real bullets or no, because they're killers too. And Felicity killed the most people because of the nuclear bomb thing, right? Even more than Merlin and the undertaking. If Ollie came back and did nothing, less people would die. So I guess he's kind of pointing out that Oliver is not the only one that's has killed people. <laughs> that's true. And obviously last season, actually, Dig had that very serious storyline where he had he, he killed his own brother, you know? Yeah. That's what he struggled with. Well, sometimes you just got to... If you can't keep him in prison, I don't know. You got to figure out something. I don't, sometimes they 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 over they uh, sometimes I feel like they get a little silly in their debates on some of the shows about that. So, but I can't think of a good example now. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're gonna do boxing glove arrows. Is how we rate this out of five boxing glove arrows. Uh, Aaron, what do you give it? <laughs> okay, well, there's one person in this episode that just lifted it you know, almost to a perfect score. So two boxing glove arrows for the fact that Dolph Lundgren was in it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then we get two boxing glove arrows because Dolph Lundgren had a fight scene in it. <laughs> and then a, a half a boxing glove arrow for everybody else. So that, oh, that's wow. All right. Man. So you just want Dolph Lundgren in all the episodes. Yeah. That, that actually, I was like, all right, you got me at least, at least to kind of get through it and stuff. But, uh, but I actually was very impressed right. with it. Four and a half boxing glove arrows. Uh, Marks. Um, I give it four. I think it was a good, strong episode ties in with the whole brought for the past and stuff. And I'm really hoping we see more, more of uh, that character. All right. Uh, so as I said, and it, it's not that the episode wasn't executed fine. It's just that I had a, it's not the kind of thing I want to see. Uh, I'm going to give it two and a half boxing glove arrows, which has mm -hmm. definitely been my lowest rating ever on arrow so far. Uh, this season anyway. Would you say that Oliver's torture skinned that rating down for you? <laughs> no, that was, that was not even a good one. I was like, no, I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a Patreon reward uh, where people can pledge that, and you have to not do any puns for a certain show, uh, <laughs> or they can pledge. I guess and you just do a ton of puns, which would be hopeful. yeah. <laughs> Get it out of your system. <laughs> Speaking of Patreon, folks, that is a way. If you dig what we're doing, you can support us. Go to supergeekup.com. There's a link on the homepage. Uh, you can pledge whatever you like to help us do our geeky shows. Uh, in Alicia's made us in the show talking about so he's talking about some of the fun stuff they've done on Arrow, like talking about Curtis's balls, like the T spheres, right? And he said Arrow made a cereal, it would be like kicks, but they called them Curtis's balls. All right, that's nice. <laughs> that's yeah, what it was missing. It was missing a Curtis Balls joke. It would have helped. Exactly. Out. That would have helped. <laughs> uh, Adrian should have made one while he was torturing Oliver. <laughs> 
uh, said, tell me the truth about Curtis's balls. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, anyway, we got one more show to talk about. Uh, it's Legends of Tomorrow. Marks, tell us what happened this week. <clears throat> yeah, so Legends of Tomorrow. Um, episode 15 of Season 2, Fellowship of the Spear. Um, written by... Oh, what what f- famous person has appeared in this episode? <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> St- Stephen King. <laughs> um, so, oh gosh, the writers Kito Shimizu, yep, uh, who's written Land of the Lost, which, the dinosaur episode earlier, and Raider of the Lost Art, which was the George Lucas episode, um, and he's written some Arrow episodes too. And then Matthew Mala, uh, who's actually kind of interesting. He's it looks like he was an assistant turn writer this season, so that's kind of cool. Got promoted. Nice. He's done Last Refuge, Outlaw Country, Turncoat, or other episodes. Anyway, so this episode, the legends steal the remaining pieces of the Spear of, of Destiny from Thon and discover a way to destroy the Spear by finding the blood of Christ. Legends recruit the help of J.R.R. Tolkien in, the, in, in uh, France of 1916. And um, meanwhile, everybody's tempted to use the Spear, both Rory and Vixen especially, or future or past. And... Um, and Allegiant plays a little dirty by enlisting the help of Captain Cold, uh, earlier version of him that they grabbed, which leads Rory to betray the team and Allegiant getting the spear. And at the very end, Allegiant um, have found a way to use the spear and they're starting to use it and we're assuming things change. So, which we know that they do in the next episode, which is called Doom World. <clears throat> so, so yeah, so it was a... It was a Pretty good episode overall. All um, lots of you know, like you do in time travel when you meet somebody famous, you make references to stuff that obviously influenced their work. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently, Legends of Tomorrow includes all art, <laughs> everything. In there. Um, you know the the idea of fellowship and fire revealing a message, and a bunch of people going on a quest to destroy a relic or device. You know. Um, I liked, I liked, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien being in it overall. Uh, the Jelly Beans reference, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a Doctor Who uh, inside joke. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get that. And uh, since it was that character from Doctor Who. And, um, I like seeing Captain Code again. That's one of the characters I wanted to see return, right? I know that you don't so much, Jeff. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Hopefully this will lead to like some kind of weird loophole thing where he ends up surviving past the season. Hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> everybody, place your bets now. Yeah. <laughs> I liked uh, I liked the scene with Adam going into the into the artillery thing and spinning around and giggling, and they're all like gremlin. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Um, and uh, I liked how uh, whenever they were stealing the spear, the remaining piece of spear from Thon. And Thon figures it out, and he's like, uh, "Like, uh, what did he say? You know, this can't be happening. They're not smart enough to do this." <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, and uh, you know, uh, overall, I liked it. There were a few weird logic loopholes in there. Obviously, like the box when they found it with the blood of Christ was just like sitting there, like sticking out of the ground. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's like. It's like okay, great. No, you have to bear it. You don't even have to dig for it. Um, and uh, you know, and and the biggest plot 
issue I had with this with a lot of time travel stuff, right? They made it really hard for themselves to accomplish this goal because um, they were like, they got, I know they had to go get JR Tolkien, right? And I, I don't know why they had to pick that moment exactly in the middle of a war zone, but they did. And then whenever they knew he could tell them where to go find the blood of Christ, I don't understand why they didn't just like time travel to a different year and then go there. Um, you know, cause the whole complication was, it was in the middle of a giant war zone. Right. So why don't you just go to a different time? It's been there for a long time. <laughs> you know, I know you can't go just go pop back during the crucifixion, uh, when Christ getting crucified and that might cause some issues, but there's a lot of history there. They could, could popped in when it was buried. So, right. you know, stuff like that. Let me share some stuff from the chat here. Uh, Lister's Mate says, all I can say about Legends of Tomorrow was someone really read the book, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, and read up on the conspiracies about Jesus faking his death and going to France afterwards. That's interesting. I haven't read that book. Uh, I've heard of it, though. And then Lister's Mate says, I did like the point that Rip Hunter was talking about the time of Christ being a fixed point of time. That was kind of like Doctor Who. <coughs> I like that, too, actually, that there are some things that even they won't screw around with. So <clears throat> after two weeks of episodes I actually liked of the show, <clears throat> they went back to being uh, goofy again, as I expected. And uh, <clears throat> I agree. The Tolkien stuff was, I think, well done. I liked the depiction of Tolkien. Um, I actually thought their references about how they might influence his work was pretty subtly done, which I appreciate, which is not usually how the show works at all. Uh, so I like that. And I like they didn't really hit you over the head with it. That was good. But you're right, Mark. The biggest thing is it made no fucking sense. Oh, yes. Let's go recover it in the middle of World War One in the bi biggest, like, Bloodiest battle of the freaking war. That's a great time to go recover this freaking relic. No, it's absolutely preposterous. Nobody would ever do that. It's so <laughs> stupid. Like that just, I was just done after that, basically, uh, for the episode. Uh, I mean. Well, you I mean, know. That's why then, you're not a legend, you know. Yeah. And also, and then like Rip was making the speech he made like over the freak, whatever, not a loudspeaker, but that's like what it was kind of thing. Like in another situation, that's a, a finely written speech, I'm sure. But it was just so stupid that some guy's going to make a speech in the middle of a battle that both sides can hear and everybody's just going to stop and listen to this. No, that's not what's going to happen. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's been forced. So this is the kind of stuff, right? Like, well, I can't take, you know, I, that's why I'll never take the show seriously. And um, yeah, I don't know. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I totally know what you, I, I feel with this show, you just have to, it's, it is what it is. And, and, you know, I think when you try to be like, well, you can't do this and you do, it gets frustrating to where, um, yeah, this episode, I mean, overall I liked it. Um, I, it's not one of their better episodes. It was kind of, it felt like the episode that's getting you to the next episode. Um, but, uh, that episode some, looks cool. I, that yeah. Was... It, it feels like it's like setting you up for the next thing. You have to get through this part. Um, and there was some stuff I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the fact that they kind of have Mick kind of being where, you know, is he going to stay with the heroes? Even though it, to some extent, it seems so interesting that this episode, here they've kind of built up a relationship with him, and then all of a sudden this episode they were so cold to him to make him want to kind of go and, and switch, you know, switch sides back to the villains, which I kind of want him to do for some some reason. I kind of want him to kind of, you know, he's such a good bad guy, but he's also a good good guy, I guess. You know, he's kind of fun to watch. 
Um, so I kind of like the fact that he kind of turned on them a little bit. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, I, I thought what they did with uh, Tolkien was fun, and it would, didn't hit you over the head like with the uh, Lucas and some of the other stuff. Where even though that was fun, you know, but this one was more subtle in how they took it. Um, but I find it's interesting in terms of with the show where it's you know there's times where it's very fun, and I think with this episode there was moments that you know had its fun stuff, and then there was other sections where it tried to take itself serious, you know, with like the fact that they stopped the war because it's such a, you know, bloody, you know, they consider it one of the bloodiest wars of all time. And uh, then you have like with Vixen's storyline of like, you know, seeing how her family, you know, the whole consequences of time travel and things like that. But, uh, but no, I mean, I liked it. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. I also did. So the thing with the, in the, in the beginning where they stole the stuff from the vanishing point, right? I also didn't believe that at all. Like it was so easy, right? Like, and they've kind of established that they're kind of dummies and Thawne is not, um, he's <laughs> smart. So at least that's what they kind of joke about, right? Or at least the villains joke about, like your line you mentioned, Marks, they're not smart enough. So yeah. I don't get how they just waltzed it and stole it. And he was sitting there typing away on his laptop and there's no real defenses and, He's just gonna let that happen and not have any idea that's happening, or have I? It was like preposterous to me. I don't know. It was a little weird. I guess he was overly confident that they would never look to look for him there. So I'm assuming. Don't uh, don't don't think too hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, somebody calls them legendary idiots at some point, so they're definitely <laughs> definitely thinking they're they're not smart enough to figure it out. So. But yeah, it was a little weird that he just never, there was no alarms anywhere, you know, didn't uh, stick alarm anywhere. Unlike him, bad reverse flash. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, no, like it didn't fit with him. Like, you know, that he would do that. No, he's usually very clever. Very he, he's one of the bright parts about the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder if he sings. <laughs> he sings? <laughs> um, yeah. Now I'm thinking of like a, like a duet between them, like Super Nemesis or something. <laughs> it's a super fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this was an okay episode. Uh, I liked the J.R.R. Tolkien, and I liked I liked some of the history elements they were trying to put in there about Blood of Christ and stuff. So that was cool. I like when they try to do that. Yeah. All right. That's all I got to say. Good <laughs> <laughs> your ratings. All righty. Gideons? Right. We do this on Gideons, out of five Gideons. So I'll, I'll give it three Gideons. It was okay. I mean, I complain about it. It wasn't like, it's not like the most terrible thing ever. It just, you know, it was all right. Uh, Aaron? Yeah, I'd do the same. Three. Three? Okay. Yeah. Marks? Same. Three. Oh, three across the board. Uh, three Gideons. <laughs> See, what the show needs is more Gideon and more Gideon and Rip. Then we're going to get the ratings up. Right? <laughs> That's my favorite part. Enough Gideon. <laughs> so we got like one right, line. So that's where she was. Go- <laughs> where she was going to go. Oh yeah, it was not very good. It was very, very Gideon light this episode. <laughs> all right, so go ahead. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, I've covered all the shows there. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for uh, sharing, particularly uh, Carrie and listeners, mate Norbert Francis, who everybody was in the chat. Thank you. If you're watching in post, thanks very much. You can always tweet us at Super Geeked Up. Uh, let's give some links before we get out of here. Aaron, uh, do you want anything you want to mention where people can check out you know, any of your sh- shows, series, stuff like um, that? 
Gosh, I, well, I guess you can uh, try to watch. Uh, I did a web series a few years back called We Are Angels. Um, that's on, I don't think, I, you could try. I don't even know if the website's still up. Either look it up on YouTube or uh, weareangelsseries.com. But uh, if not, just go to YouTube and type up We Are Angels, and I'm sure eventually yeah. it'll show up. <laughs> you can definitely find it, folks, on, uh, on, uh, online at We Are Angels on YouTube, and an award-winning show as well, actually. So definitely check it out. And uh, thank you for being on the show, Aaron. Thank you for guest co-hosting. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like my wife's probably just so fed up of he me hearing me talk about the shows, <laughs> but it's kind of fun that I'm able to get to chat with other people that like it. <laughs> nice. Good. Give her a break. <laughs> Marks, where else uh, where can people find you? We're helping save marriages. That's what the show does. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. We should put that on our website. This show saves marriages. Yeah, that's the tagline. <laughs> yep. Uh, you can find me and some of the stuff I'm up to uh, in writing and, and filmmaking stuff over at markspile.com. And you can also find me over Twitter at Mr. Marks. All right. And of course, folks, uh, you can find us at supergeekedup.com. You can find all our shows there that we do. We don't just do this show, but we have my Super Knocked Up and Super Geeked Up series. We do a gaming show every Monday night. It's called Monday Night Mayhem, uh, where we alternate between Dungeons and Dragons. Although this Monday, we're doing what's called The Strange, which is a new RPG we just started playing. Marks is actually our game master for that. He introduced it to us. We had a blast doing it a couple weeks ago. So you can see us getting into strange, uh, I don't know, adventures, I guess, tomorrow, right? Uh, maybe we'll be traveling to different worlds and universes, kind of like, uh, I don't know what it's like at all. It's not like Legends at all, actually, because it's going to make sense. Uh, <laughs> so, Just stick uh, to the screen. Anyway, that's an eight. <laughs> music Meister. <laughs> well, music Meister is going to show up. Oh, great. That's yeah, right. Maybe. We're going to do a musical. I, I suggested that. That was really stupid of me. Uh, anyway, we do it at 8 p.m. Eastern time at supergeekedup.com. You can find that show tomorrow if you uh, want to ch check us out and chat along. And then, of course, we'll be back here next Sunday. 8 p.m. Eastern to do more talking about the latest episodes of all the DC shows and some more news. All right. So thank you so much for watching. Uh, we'll see. I'm still trying to come up, get this outro down. All right, I guess we'll see you what? Same DC time, same DC channel. That's what we're going with right now. Sure. Why not? The multiverse and beyond. Oh, sounds good. All right. Thank you for watching, everybody. <laughs> we will see you next week. Bye.